Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah, super nice. I just, I love playing baseball. I love pitching so much, going out and taking the ball every fifth day for my guys. That's what I love to do. So it was a disappointing time when I was unsure. I didn't know what was going to happen. And this is, this is where I wanted to get back to, was just being myself again. I think I told you guys that from the start. So yeah, to be out, go out there, take the ball, be myself again, do the things I want to do on the mound. It was huge just to give me the confidence of going forward and know that I can still play at least a few more years for sure. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And we are back, hour two of the show, and we're led in by Kyle Hendricks. Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Aloha Restoration. Call Aloha for all your water, fire, mold, and remodeling needs. Mike Esposito in for David Haw today alongside Bruce Levine, of course. And a quick reminder, huge day on the score tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow morning from 7 to 11 for our exclusive coverage of the 45th running of the Bank of America Chicago Marathon. Josh Liss and our team of marathon experts will be broadcasting live from the finish line with reports from the lead vehicles and around the course from there. Bulls preseason basketball, the opener, preseason opener against the Bucks with Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, and Alyssa Bergamini. They will be on the call starting at 11.45 with a noon tip in Milwaukee. All of it right here on 670 The Score and the free Odyssey app. Back to baseball now, Bruce. And again, the divisional series starting today. But uh, as we focus on Cubs and White Sox, uh, you had uh, got to spend some quality time with the guys on both sides of town, including the guy we just heard from, Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, so I I talked to Kyle Hendricks Sunday night right before he exited Milwaukee after the last game of the Chicago Cubs. And I, I asked him about the fact that, uh, you know, again, he is a uh, free agent if the, the Chicago Cubs do not pick up his $15 million option. I asked him where he was at and where he thinks he's going. When you signed a contract uh, many years ago, who knew you were going to be working for minimum wage at this point? <laughs> right. <laughs> In baseball, uh, partly, it's, it's, you are working for minimum wage. So uh, thinking about them picking up the contract, what, what, is it, what runs through your mind there? Yeah, I guess a lot of different thoughts in a lot of ways, but I also just kind of have trust. You know, I just have to leave it up. It's their decision in the end, so it's really nothing on me. I'm happy with what I was able to go out there and do and hopefully prove to them that I'm still myself, you know, and I can still get outs and get wins for this team when we need it. And that's at the end of the day, that's what you have to show. You know, you got to win ball games at this level, and that's where, where we want to go in the future. So, again, you know, it's their decision ultimately, but 
I have I have so much trust in them. They've given me so many opportunities since I've been here, so much respect um, that I can't thank them enough already for what they've given me. So there'll be some discussions, I know, coming down the road, and we'll just see what happens. When you hear the owner and the um, manager throw accolades at you today, and they both mm-hmm. did, um, how does it make you feel? I know it doesn't pay any bills, but, uh, yeah. you know. Um, it means even more. It means even more than that ever could. You know, the respect that I get from them, I mean, from Tom all the way down, especially Rossi, the relationship I have with him has been so special. Right. I can't thank everybody enough. They, they've given me the ultimate respect, given me so many opportunities to just go out there and pitch for them, you know, and do what I love to do. So, no, there's, there's no amount of money that could ever trump all those things they've given me, and I'm just super thankful, honestly. Coming back healthy, does that make you think way beyond what they want to do next year and that you might want to pitch for three or four more years? Absolutely. Yeah, I know I have that in me, and that's where my mind is. You have to keep the focus short, you know, on just day in and day out things to get there. So I know, I know what it's going to take, but just proving to myself that I'm able to come back fully healthy, feel like myself again, um, really with the same stuff package that I've had in the past. Gives me a lot of confidence, yeah, that I can keep playing for a number of years. And I love baseball so much that that's always what I want to do, just play as long as I can. How cool, cool would it be to play for two world championship teams in two different eras? Here? Yeah, that's the goal. That's absolutely the goal. That's what we've been saying around here for years now. And, you know, 16 was unbelievable, but we've always been saying we're doing it again. When are we doing it again? You know, so this group I know has it in them. So many of these young guys, the poise they've shown, taking advantage of their opportunities, just how good of players they are out there. Um, it's a it's a special group, and you can feel the winning is coming. Um, disappointing, obviously, not even not getting in this year. That you always want to give yourself a chance, but we have a really good confidence of where we're, where we're headed with this group. You're the only guy in here that knows David Ross is a manager, and David Ross is a, a red ass uh, catcher that will uh, pat you on the back or kick you in the butt as a player. How, how has that been, that dynamic, to uh, see both and and really know what's going on in his mind when you look at him compared to the other guys that just know him as a manager? For sure. It has been a really special relationship, you know. Yeah, to see him as a player and all the fire he gave to that. But honestly, he's the same guy. I think that's what's super special about him. He's the same guy as a manager. He brings that same fire, uh, the same thing he was doing when he was catching out there with Lester, you know. Um, and that's why the guys love him and appreciate him and respect him. You know, he does it. He puts in everything he, he can for this group, puts guys in the best position to succeed and then from there it's on the players you know so this is all on our shoulders what's happened the last few weeks and we know that um but he's our leader we love it for him we feel most disappointed that we can't be in the playoffs for him you know he deserves to manage in those big games those big situations and we want to be the group to bring him there um so hopefully obviously we can get it done next year the longest tenured cub right there bruce uh, kyle hendricks hard to believe but that was his 10th season 2023 was with the chicago cubs and uh, really one of my favorite stories for the cubs this year because with that shoulder injury you really didn't know what you were going to back and he was out almost a year right going back to the summer of 22 into when he came back uh mid-season this year but he did make 24 starts and uh at times flashed that old uh, Kyle Hendricks, professor uh, expertise, we'll call it, with moving the ball, changing speeds, keeping batters off guard, and uh, I would expect him to be back next year. Would you not? Well, I would expect even more than that. Um, with talking to Tom Ricketts on Sunday, uh, before the last game of the year for the Cubs, he indicated that uh, he was so uh, so elated with Kyle Hendricks as a pitcher and as a person 
uh, and then talking to uh, Ross and then hearing from Hoyer on Monday, it all adds up to an extension. Okay, so I expect them not only to bring Kyle Hendricks back, but to be talking to him and his agent over the next month about an extension where uh, that's workable for both him and for the team. Uh, he'll make uh, $15 million in 2023 when he comes back, but uh, a, uh, a year with a, a couple options in it, I think makes the most sense for, uh, for Kyle and, and the Cubs going forward. And now, from the south side, I uh, had a chance the last week of the season to sit down with Michael Kopech. And as you know, Mike, Kopech uh, went from starter to reliever to the uh, disabled list again in a very disappointing year for a guy with a magical arm and a future that was thought to be extremely bright. So I sat down with Michael and I talked to him about uh, the disappointments of 2023 and his expectations for 2024. Michael, um, where do you go to find your positivity when things don't always work out? Um, it, it can't be an easy thing. Um, usually the house. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, but seriously, my, my family helps uh, a lot with that here. When, season, when the season's not going the way you want it to, you kind of disassociate by going home and being with the kids or what have you. Um, but here... Um, you know, you have to look for small wins, and you have to look for the silver linings. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Liam's actually talked a lot about it uh, down in the bullpen, having, you know, find silver linings in the things that are going on. And uh, it kind of hit me yesterday that hearing a guy that's, you know, beating cancer talk about having small wins and finding the silver linings really kind of put things in perspective. Um, that there, there are a lot of positives, even when things are kind of seeming to unravel on you. Um, and so, yeah, trying to do that. Um, you know, I haven't had a great year, but I can pick apart some things that I, I'm excited to try to take in next year. And then I can also pick apart some things that I would like to revamp and improve on for next year. What about the fact that you've been mostly healthy this year? I mean, relatively so. I mean, you know, like every baseball player, you have your aches and pains, and you right. know, you're, you're maybe not the same physical person you were five years ago, but you're, right. still, you're still a strong baseball athlete. Right. Um, that makes a big difference for me. Um, I haven't had a complete healthy season since early in the minor leagues, and to be able to do that, um, you know, I finished big league season with you know, relative health under my belt, and, you know, prepare better for next year and have that same goal in mind next year. Um, that's important to me because I think that's how you have longevity in this career, and I'm hopeful to be in this game as long as I can. Where, where do you uh, go with a staff when, uh, you know, the, everybody has wonderful ideas and tried to help, but uh, ultimately it's you that got you here. It's you that keeps you here. How do you... Um, decide what to take in, what not, and uh, how doesn't how does that not confuse you? Um, I, I think just having the perspective that everybody has something to offer. Um, not, not everything may hit right away and may set in right away, but everybody has something to offer. Um, Pedro's offered uh, his ear to me on days where he didn't really have advice and 
same with uh, Ethan, and you know a lot of times that goes a long way too. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think just knowing that everybody's has my best interest in mind kind of helps uh, take in information, and, and knowing that I'm getting getting help from people um, when I'm in a place like this is is something to be appreciative for. I was talking to Pedro the other day about the fact that. Uh, Young people sometimes, when they they have gifts like you have, your other athletes around here have, they start at nine years old. They're they're constantly pushed to continue to do more. They push themselves. They love it to begin with, but by the time they get to twenty five or thirty, they're burnt out um, because it's become a job rather than something they love. Um, how do you how do you weigh both? You know, as far as this is a job, this is also something I love. Can I find the love in it when things aren't going good? Uh, yeah, and this is, a, again, something that kind of sat in with me yesterday, uh, talking to Liam. Um, it's just I, I still have a lot to be appreciative for. Like, it, it is a job, and it is um, somewhat my livelihood, but definitely how I provide for my family. Um, but at the same time... You know, this beats many other jobs, and I would say most other jobs, and um, I'm in a position to be able to do something even when it seems like the fun is kind of hard to come by. That's relatively fun to work at and fun to get better at, and it is a game, and to be able to play a game for a living is something to be extremely appreciative for. Very interesting chat uh, there, Bruce, that you had with Michael Kopech. And Kopech, one of those guys, and really the biggest uh, enigma to me on the White Sox with a guy that's, that's got a ton of talent. He's only 27 years old still, although he, you know, he's been around for a while. Still a young guy, a team that needs pitching. But as you mentioned off the top, right, a, a season in which he struggled to find success, a lot of walks, gave up a lot of hits, but... The talent is there. You just you just have to harness it, right? The development of Michael Kopech has been uh, <clears throat> limited. And by that, I mean uh, he had Tommy John surgery one year. He, had, uh, he took off the COVID year of 2020. Uh, has had other injuries, as he pointed out to in the interview, that's limited him every year from completing the year. I think at this point in time, and I've said this many times on this station and in uh, writing on our website, Michael Kopech is a closer, okay? He would flourish, in my opinion, as a closer. And people out there will be rolling their eyes going, yeah, he walks the ballpark sometimes. But if you, if you said, Michael, you're a two-pitch pitcher, okay, you're going to use your fastball, you're going to use your slider, um, you're going in in the ninth inning and you're uh, striking uh, the side out. I think you, you you could get Michael Kopech to refocus and be a viable pitcher in this league for a long time. I don't think he's a starting pitcher. I just don't think that uh, his stuff can last for five or six innings. Uh, he, he has shown times where he's unhittable, and that's why I believe if, if you uh, take a different look at Michael Kopech, and, and again, I asked Michael, whether he'd be open to being a bullpen pitcher or a starter. He said, I just want to pitch in the big leagues and be successful. So, Mike, from all of that, I would have to say that uh, you bring him back 
you give him a role that he's going to be comfortable with and you let him fly. I think that's the best way to go for Kopech. And, and we'll see how they handle him going into the offseason. He had a little injury at the end again and has to rehab a little bit from that, but nothing serious. Yeah, and, and we talked earlier to Josh Barfield, the new assistant GM, and Chris Getz. We'll see what they decide uh, would be the best path forward with Michael Kopech. It's a team that, as you mentioned, has a lot of needs. They were uh, using Gregory Santos to close games at the end of the year. Right. So that is certainly available. And, and you know Hendricks will not be back next year, at least actively to pitch with the uh, with the surgery. So Kopech can compete for that if, if they choose to let him. Right. You know, the, the, con- the confusing thing for the White Sox, and, and I understand it as an organization, is we are dying to get starting pitchers. We don't have a great inventory of starting pitchers right now. Michael Kopech has started and has been successful from time to time in that role. I think it, it's really tough for an organization who has needs of starting pitching to look by Kopech. But it, if you look at his makeup, you look at his abilities, I think uh, if, if you're really looking at what is going to be a successful role for Michael Kopech, I believe it's as the closer for the Chicago White Sox. Still lots to come here on Inside the Clubhouse. In our next segment, Bruce, we're going to listen in to some sound from Cubs president Jed Hoyer and also Nico Horner. Great segment he does every week with the Parkins and Spiegel show. Some some good Cubs sound that we will get to. We'll still love to hear from your uh, moments of the season. 312-644-6767 for both the Cubs and the Sox. My son, Bruce, pointing out the Andrew Vaughn walk-off for uh, the White Sox in April in Tampa when it still kind of mattered and you thought they were going to climb back in there. That certainly is one that uh, you would love to uh, to remember. It was a good point in the season. Uh, but we're going to hear from Hoyer. We're going to hear from Nico. And then we're going to discuss playoffs. All of that when we return the Divisional Series starting today, four game ones across Major League Baseball. This is Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We're back with more inside.
Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And welcome back inside the clubhouse brought to you by Aloha Restoration. Call Aloha for all your water, fire, mold, and remodeling needs. Alongside Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito in for David this week. Glad to be here with you. And earlier this week, Bruce, uh, Cubs president Jed Hoyer had his end of season press conference, uh, a long one, talked about a lot of different issues. We want to bring some of those back for our listeners in case you missed it earlier this week. And and really no question more important in my mind uh, than what the Cubs will decide to do when it comes to now free agent Cody Bellinger. You know, we sat down with him on Sunday. I had a, a long conversation. We've had really good dialogue throughout the whole year. Um, and he loves Wrigley Field and he loves the, the fans. And I think his experience was fantastic. And obviously our experience with him was fantastic. And, um, you know, we'd love to bring him back. We'll have a lot of conversations with him. Obviously, it's a process. And that process does not start now. You know, it's going to obviously it's going to you know play out for a while. But um I thought I told him this. It's rare to have a guy come in on a one-year deal and have that kind of connection with the fans by the you know in the middle of the season. It was really special, and he deserves a lot of credit for how hard he plays and the way he played. I think that's what created that. Obviously, I, I like I said before. I think the world of Cody. Um, we are certainly going to be in communication. Um, if we are in communication, I'll try to keep that as quiet as humanly possible. It doesn't help us in any way to have that out there, but it's good. I think you're always trying to sell. Um, free agents on what it's like to play in Chicago. There's nothing better than, you know, having a guy um, experience for a year and openly say he loves it. I think that's um, that gives us a, you know, certainly it gives us a shot. We don't have to recruit him very hard. I think he knows what this place is all about, and I know he loved it. Bruce, uh, I know Cubs fans really warmed quickly to Cody Bellinger, and he had a wonderful season, carried the team for a while there in the summer offensively, and. Uh, it's really the you know the million dollar question I was going to say, but it's it's a lot more than a million dollars. But they got to figure out what they want to do with Cody. Yeah, I don't know too many people that come to Chicago either side of town and say uh, they had a bad experience uh, with the city yep. and the and the fan bases. Uh, that that doesn't happen very often. But in the case of Bellinger, it, it's a little it's a little convoluted because of the fact that um, sure he loved the place, uh, sure. He was as dynamic a player as there was in baseball, this side of, uh, of Betts and, uh, you know, of uh, Freeman in L.A. and Acuna and uh, a couple of the other Atlanta players. He's probably going to be five or six in the MVP voting, and that's after missing 30 days or more or 30 games or more with an injury. So from that yep. perspective, he did everything that he could and more by not only being a great hitter, a great clutch hitter, but playing two uh, positions at a gold glove caliber in center field and first. So with that said, there's going to be probably six or seven other teams that would like Cody Bellinger to be a part of their future. Monetizing that, Mike, is going to be difficult, okay? You have an agent in Scott Boros that demands and commands the most money and most years for his players, uh, he's the best uh, agent in baseball, if you want to listen to him. Uh, he, is a, uh, he is a terrific agent, and he gets an awful lot of money in years for his players. 
my question is, will Cody and his wife stand up and say, you know what, um, Scott, negotiate this out, uh, work it through the end of November, early December, but make sure I get to Chicago and back with the Cubs uh, by Christmas Day. That That is going to be a tell when we uh, see how this works out in the offseason. And Mike, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to approach it that way. Um, there's going to be a lot of teams, including the Yankees, that are going to be interested. The question mm-hmm. to you, Mike, is if the Cubs make a seven or eight year offer for 28 or $30 million, is that going to be sufficient uh, for Bellinger and the agent? I, I would think so. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say I, I, I want to say yes, Bruce, but I should never say yes to questions about, about what's sufficient when it comes to the agent and specifically with Boris, who, as you mentioned, always gets the years, gets the, gets the dollars, gets them as high as possible because. But Bellinger not always the is, city they want, Mike, not always the city the player wanted to go to. So that, and that's, that's the thing, right? And right. Cody's 28 years old, so he's he's in that window, right, where he's he's at his peak. But I don't think you're going to get a team, and, you know, call me crazy, but if I'm a team, as good as Cody Bellinger is, I don't want to give him 10 years. He'll be 38 at the end of that. We've seen how those contracts can end, right? So I, I, I would hope that if the Cubs went seven, that that would be something that would be agreeable to Cody Bellinger. The thing on Bellinger's side, too, Bruce, that – he plays the two two of the positions where there's a huge need. He's a middle-of-the-order bat. He was everything that the Cubs needed and more. You mentioned the gold glove defense. We saw some phenomenal plays both at center field and at first base. And and you were, you know, er, you're reporting earlier this week. We may as well bring this up as well. You know, will the Cubs uh, make a move for Pete Alonzo with the Mets? I know that was something that uh, caused a lot of uh, Cubs fans uh, to have their interest spike earlier this week. Well, there, there's no question they're going to make a move for uh, Peter, Peter Alonso. Uh, the Mets have shown no interest in signing him beyond next year when he's a uh, free agent. Now they have a new president of baseball operations in David Stearns. They're going to have a new manager. So it might be a new day in New York uh, with uh, Mr. Cohn, the owner, listening to his president of baseball operations, telling him why they should be... Pete Alonso with 46 home runs and over 100 RBIs back. Uh, he, he's not a perfect player, Mike. I think he hit about 210 this year. So uh, the batting average wasn't there. He strikes out a lot. But when, when you have, uh, you know, 46 home runs, over 100 RBI, you know, you're, you're kind of the right-handed version of Kyle Schwarber, okay? So mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're all that, uh, I think you can find a spot in the middle of the order for him. The question would be, are they willing to trade and for how much? Is it going to take you uh, Canario? Is it going to take uh, uh, Morrell? Is it going to take a, a young pitcher in a combination trade for one year? So that, that in itself is convoluted because you can't give up that much talent without getting a, uh, a uh, trade and sign. In other words, there is precedent in Major League history for a team who wants to trade to another team to allow that team to talk to that player about a long-term contract before the trade is consummated and uh, be able to nullify the trade if they can't agree to it. Uh, Johan Santana was traded from the Twins to the Mets in that type of deal 
uh, years back. So mm -hmm. there is precedent for it. It's not an easy thing to do, but it can be done. So we'll see when it comes to Alonzo. But certainly the middle of the order is a major concern for the Chicago Cubs going into 2023. No doubt about it. Uh, we actually have a caller in Nashville, Emmett, who wants to talk about Cody Bellinger. Emmett, good morning. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Okay, good morning. I have a question for you. This seems like the Cubs notoriously on their free agent pickups. They kind of get the guy like Jake Arietta, excuse the spelling, the pronunciation, you um, Darvish. It seems like they get these guys who were once great players but were coming off injury. Therefore, their market value dropped. And that's when Jed Hoyer goes in and picks them up. So, Cody, you know, he was a fantastic player with the Dodgers. So, and now you got Scott Boris as his agent. Are the Cubs willing to pay premium price for a bargain basement pickup, so to speak? Yeah, and that's a great question. <clears throat> Mike, uh, what Emmett brings up is you're, you're getting Bellinger off of a bad year with the Dodgers. He was uh, <clears throat> not brought back by the Dodgers. Um, and uh, he's non-tendered, and the, the, the Cubs stealthily and intelligently went in and signed him to a one-year contract. Um, that They have an option on him, but he's going to refuse the option <clears throat> and move forward. And with that in mind, um, are you willing to give the seven years, are you willing to give the 25 to $30 million that it's going to take to sign him? And that's the question. But you do have to keep in mind the fact that he's only one year away from having a bad year with the Dodgers, having a couple yep. bad years where he didn't hit for average, where he didn't hit for much power. He still hit like 15 or 16 home runs, drove in 70. But you have to keep your eye on the ball as to whether that is a possibility again or not uh, moving into a year where he'll be 28 years old. Right. Yep, and, and middle-of-the-order bats, as you mentioned, certainly a big thing uh, heading into next season for the Cubs. One more Jed Hoyer bite we wanted to get to this segment, too, and you talk about uh, how the season went, how the season ended. Uh, it's year four, correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce, of manager David Ross, but uh, Hoyer talked afterwards in his press conference about how he viewed David Ross's season as manager. And I was very pleased with, with Rossi this year. Um, the things I mentioned before, you know, coming from um, you know, being 10 under and, and sort of maintaining not only just the competitiveness, but also having, you know, never having the team focus on individual stuff. It was always about the team. We never lost that. Now, creating that type of culture is incredibly difficult, and he does a fantastic job of that. You know, you, you mentioned the in-game stuff, and obviously, you know, Carter and you know Craig Breslow and I are down there every day. We're talking through you know, who's available and, and what situations are going to arise. And you know, I know the the manager in a big market is always going to get criticism. That's part of the the job. You know, Terry Francona just retired and he's going straight to the Hall of Fame. I was with him in Boston for a long time, and you know, there was always questions about what, what he was doing. You know, and he's you know going to be in Cooperstown. Um, that's the nature of it. Um, do we have disagreements and do we have you know, heated conversations? Of, of course we do, but you will with any manager. They have to make so many different decisions. Um, they have so many things to weigh. So um, obviously we, you know, 
work hard all the time to sort of give give him the right information. And if there are things that that we disagree with or things that we can do better, like he's very open minded to that. Uh, he's constantly trying to improve. Um, but ultimately, you know, we we're very pleased with the job he did this year. And um, you know, I think that uh, he should be proud of the the fact that that group kept fighting for him. From the Cubs president, we go to the team's starting second baseman, Nico Horner, who was on with Parkins and Spiegel, uh, also talked about what he likes about playing for David Ross. I think he's done a really nice job of, of communication and, and being just very straightforward and, and blunt. Um, I appreciate that always. Um, and I think that, you know, he he is able to have his, like, competitive spirit that he had as a player um, in a way that's not like he, I appreciate that he does show emotion. Like, um, you know, you want that consistency from your leader and like someone who's stoic or, or whatever. But like, I also feel like he's really in it with us in that he's like, he's feeling the games too. Like he, you know, obviously lets umpires know when, you know, he doesn't agree and he has that passion for the game. And like, you can tell when you talk about Jed and his genuine comment, like, I, I think that's part of it is like, you can tell just how genuinely invested in it he is. And like, you know, I'm sure he's had a lot of sleepless nights and things that um, he feels he could have made done differently, just like us players. And you just want someone that's really in it with you. And I feel like he's, he's all in. That's Nico Horner uh, with Parkins and Spiegel the other day, Bruce. And I, I find it telling, and, and really this to me is a great comparison. And I'm not saying that David Ross is Terry Francona. Obviously, the history is not there. The championships as a manager, not there. But, you know, he's very new uh, years-wise into his manager career. But, you know, Francona took a lot of criticism from Boston. He took a lot of criticism uh, throughout his career. But, He's going to leave the game uh, as one of the most uh, successful and beloved managers uh, to, to come through the game in the last uh, 30 or 40 years. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, you know, David has all the tools to be that type of uh, manager. I've seen him in action the last uh, three years, and it, it looks to me like uh, with a little bit more talent given him by the uh, front office, I think he's the type of manager that can win multiple championships. Just a question of uh, where the Cubs are at, and organization-wise, Mike, they're uh, they're doing a great job. They're they're building through their farm system. Hopefully, they'll be uh, spending wisely and trading wisely in the off season. We need to take one more time out here, Bruce. When we com- come back, we'll hear more from that interview uh, Nico Horner did with Parkins and Spiegel. We will also get to our playoff discussion. The divisional series kicks off about 90 minutes from now four games today four game ones today uh as the american and national league uh, divisional series get going all that when we return he's bruce levine i'm mike esposito great to have you along for we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score. (laughs) 
We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. One more segment from us here on Inside the Clubhouse where we're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito in for David this week. And uh, we go back, Bruce, to uh, Nico Horner. Uh, Really great interview with him earlier this week by Parkins and Spiegel. And he talked about the issues that plagued the Cubs down the stretch when it went from, uh, I don't want to say a formality, because it obviously was not a formality, but when it looked like the Cubs were a, a good bet to make the postseason to when they were finally eliminated in Milwaukee at the end of the season. Here's Nico on the issues late in the season. You know, the bullpen depth was, was a, was a big factor in that. Um, just in that uh, they had been so consistent and worked so hard for so long. And we, you know, we did rely heavily on, um, on a, you know, a portion of that bullpen that carried a big workload for us that really gave us a chance to be in that position at all. And so when um, that got thin, I think that was challenging, but um you know, more than anything, I think the position player core really feels that we just as a group didn't have like the impactful swings and games that that changed, um, you know, really the momentum of things. And it wasn't even like guys had a particularly good or bad September or things like that. It was more down to like specific at bats that, um, you know, I, I, I definitely feel like I had a lot of moments in some of those one run games that um, didn't even need to be like superhuman or anything, just like continue to be like a solid version of myself and contribute in those big moments. And it would have really swung things one way or another. But I think that's also just how it's supposed to feel. Like, you know, it'd be weird if I just felt like, ah, oh, there's nothing really I could do because there's so much out there and so many runs and outs and, and moments in those games. And, um, you know, I do think I'll be, I'll be better prepared for it next time around because yeah, of it. Certainly a lot of the uh, things that I know Cub fans are feeling, Bruce, it's good to hear that the the players have the same view of that. And he started with the bullpen, and that's where I want to start because they just got run down at the end of the year. That's my opinion anyway. And, and, you know, so many of those games at the end that they could have, should have, maybe could have won, and they didn't. Well, it's called bullpen depth, and uh, they had injuries. Alzelay's injury from – the Cincinnati series on was the uh, the death knell for the bullpen. Everybody else's roles changed. Everybody else was overused. Uh, Losing Fulmer for the end of the year was uh, dramatic and traumatic for them. So, uh, again, uh, it was a class from the bullpen, but the offense also failed, Mike, uh, the, the end of the year. Yep. So uh, so it, it, was, it wasn't just one area. The offense failed. There were there – were, there were, Huge defensive plays not made, as Horner alluded to. Him won on a double play possibility, uh, you know, late in the year in Atlanta. Uh, the 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 drop ball by um, Seiya Suzuki certainly is always going to stand out as a footnote you know, to the 2023 season. So uh, there were others, uh, including most reliable shortstop in baseball in Dansby Swanson making errors that were. Um, certainly unfamiliar to look at for him most of the year. I think he's going to win the gold glove. He was that spectacular. But, again, it was a, a collapse and a failure by the entire team. 
I think they all have to wear it. Uh, does that make it not a good year? No, I thought it was a good year. It was an entertaining year. It was a year where the organization stepped up and used an awful lot of their players from their farm system to get better. So I, I think it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of brightness coming for the Chicago Cubs moving forward. Mike, we have a few minutes left to talk a little bit about the playoffs. Uh, who were yep. your picks for winning the World Series? It's hard to go against Atlanta in the National League, although all of the guy, all of the teams, I should say, that I, I favor the most or that I think have the best chances. Um, I love Atlanta. Philly looks super tough, and the Dodgers are the Dodgers. Uh, I know not all three of them can make the World Series. Only one of them can. But if I had to pick one, I would take the Braves just based on that lineup. We saw it in the last week of the season against the Cubs. Uh, they are going to be tough for anybody, but I, I do love the Phillies as well. I guess those would be my one-two. In the American League, hard to bet against uh, Dusty and the Astros, especially when you get Verlander and Framber Valdez uh, one-two out of there. Yeah, those are good picks, Mike. I'm going with the uh, Atlanta Braves and the Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore, uh, the best team in the American League all year long, pretty much wire-to-wire winner. Uh, for for the American League, so Tampa was the early uh, front runner, but uh, I look at uh, Baltimore uh, and a lot of no names that people don't recognize that often that are terrific young players, terrific organization. Uh, Baltimore, Atlanta, Atlanta in seven uh, against the Orioles. And today, as you said, we start at noon with uh, the uh, division series. It's um, Uh, Going to be uh, Baltimore playing uh, the Texas Rangers and then Minnesota Astros. We have uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, going against uh, Arizona and uh, and Philadelphia. uh, I'm sorry, Philadelphia and Atlanta. And uh, then you have Arizona and the Dodgers. So full day of baseball coming ahead and uh, we're looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, some uh, Hall of Fame talent going today, uh, most notably Kershaw starting for the Dodgers. Uh, Atlanta's brilliant young pitcher, Strider, Spencer Strider, pitching uh, game one for them. Verlander starts for the Astros. It's going to be fun, my friend, and uh, looking forward to uh, watching and uh, seeing how this develops. That Philly-Atlanta series, talk about a heavyweight title fight right here in the Divisional Series. Uh, many thank yous today, including you, Mike, for sitting in for David, who will be back next week. Alex Kuhn did a tremendous job uh, producing this show. We thank Josh Barfield, the assistant general manager of the White Sox. People can follow me on Twitter at MLBBruceLevine and 670thescore.com, where I write Cubs and Sox all week. You'll catch me on Marquee a couple times a week, every week uh, in the offseason as well. Mike, have a great week. You too, Bruce. Good doing the show with you as always. David will be back next week. And we want to remind you that Inside the Clubhouse is brought to you by Aloha Restoration. Call Aloha for all your water, fire, mold, and remodeling needs. It's been a pleasure talking baseball with you, the Chicago baseball fan, all morning here on The Score. Stay tuned. Saturday Suckage is next right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.